live from an undisclosed location. Uh, 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 what is our thing? The battle no. station. Oh, the battle station. Shane's house. Oh, ah, I took it, from, it. I did. It. Yeah, that was weird. It's been long enough that only I know how to do this yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's. I guess that's. I know the secret ways. Oh. Welcome to the All Seeing Eyes podcast, everyone. I am Kyle. I'm Shane. It's been a minute. Um, it has been a minute. Uh, what have we been up to since we last recorded? Um, just you know, finding the truth and Fun. keeping it to ourselves. Apparently, yeah. You uh, have procured a sword. <laughs> Since yeah. we last spoke. Well, I got it back. Yes. I had a I had a sword. I lent it to somebody, and I just got it back uh, yes. two days ago. I uh, started a CrossFit class. So we're both getting ready. We're getting ready. For uh, the psychic warfare at the end of the world. Yeah. Psych- psychic warfare with a sword is going to be tough. But yeah. I'm willing to hey, give it a shot. Cuts a brainstem real easy. Yeah, that's true. So we're going to start this episode... Uh, we're going to do things a little bit differently yeah, this time. Yeah, we keep talking about how every episode of this we get into like, we start off with like a fun conspiracy theory that yeah. we talk about and we get excited about, and then we talk about politics and it depresses both of us and immensely. It, it literally just ends on like a, well, yeah. later. S- see you guys next week. I hope you don't die. <laughs> so we're going to start this one with some updates, some current events, some politics. Yeah. Um, first of all, big news in the conspiracy world. My friend and yours. Hanging with AJ. Hanging with AJ. He's a fraud. <laughs> he's a fraud. According to his lawyer, anyway. Yeah, he's a performance artist. Mm-hmm. Not unlike Stephen Colbert. Or, yeah. the very odd comparison that his lawyer made, Jack Nicholson in Batman. Did you, you see know, that? You know, I hadn't seen that reference, but yeah. it makes a lot of sense to me. His lawyer said... Uh, holding Alex Jones responsible for the things that he has said on his show would be like holding Jack Nicholson responsible for the things he said as the Joker and Batman. And, by extension, the crimes that were committed by people listening to Alex Jones. Well, would you hold, uh, would you hold Jack Nicholson responsible for Joe Chill killing Batman's parents? Well, um, in this case... Jack Nicholson the man. Jack Nicholson the man, okay, well... I don't know. Maybe that was his note for Tim Burton. Because, I mean, somebody somebody had had the idea. It's like, what if the Joker was the one who killed Batman's parents? <laughs> what if this wasn't just some thug that comes out of the firmament of Gotham because Gotham is a sick city? No. What if instead this is all conspiracy? Yeah, what if it's just... What was his name in that movie? Joe Chill. His oh. name wasn't Joe Chill in the movie, though. The guy that killed his parents. In the comics, it's Joe Chill. Yeah, but it's, isn't it the same Canonically, it's, it's Joe Chill. Isn't it the same name? No, it's, it's some weird... It's like... Well, I know that the Joker's name is Jack Napier. In it. Th- that's what it is. It's Jack Napier. That's but, who kills... He kills Batman's parents in the first oh, Batman Oh, he kills movie. them directly in yeah. the movie? He shoots them. That's because... You ever uh. dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Like, he says that before he shoots the Waynes. Oh. The Wayneses. The Waynes. When he killed Damon and Marlon Wayans. <laughs> he killed Damon and Marlon Wayans. Yeah. Um, in living color. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then he says and, it later, and then Batman's like, you killed my parents. Because why not? I have not seen that movie since I was a child. Well, you are a child because you haven't watched it yet since I, you were a child. Neither did I. I just remember work. that. Uh, <laughs> that. That part didn't work. Not everything's going to work. This yeah. is the All Seeing Eyes podcast. I'm Shane. <laughs> I'm Kyle. We're starting over. This is it. This nope. Is... So Alex Jones is a performance artist. Yes. Do you believe that? No. Me neither. Um... <laughs> <laughs> this is the ultimate conspiracy debunked. Yeah. <laughs> Good night. Good night. <laughs> um... No, okay. I think that I think he believes what he's talking about. He he believes everything, and I'm sure he's just turning his personality up to eleven. But that's the thing is, I do also think that he's performing. Yeah. Um. If you listen, I, we brought it up before his interview with Joe Rogan. 
it's clear that he <laughs> yeah, is performing. Exactly. Like he's doing a character and he's alluding to the fact that he's doing a character on that. But that character is still him. Yeah, because that <laughs> the thing that he holds in common with that character is a belief that the elites of our planet yeah, are yeah. trying to communicate with an extra dimensional intelligence. Yeah. His 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 defense et cetera, is basically et his defense is basically okay, so on on the show he's like, Hey aliens are gonna get us all or whatever. His defense in court is like, look, I'm just saying aliens are going to try to get us all. You know what I mean? He's just saying yeah. the same thing, like, look, but calmer. I, I believe everything. I'm not a, I'm not a raving lunatic. Look, I'm just a regular lunatic. Yeah, I'm but just, I'm not always raving. Yeah, exactly. I'm a calm, controlled person who believes that, that interdimensional psychic vampires are going to take all of our life forces so they can create a transhumanist future that takes us out of our power of ourselves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a conclusion anybody would come to. Your Honor, I just want my kids shower. back. Your Honor. <laughs> Look, I just want my kids back. I just want my kids back. My ex-wife is a transdimensional psychic vampire. Yeah, this, this is all part of a larger conspiracy to sort of... And check out my website. It's called InfoWars. Yeah, InfoWars. Like uh, you know, if you've heard, have you heard of it? InfoWars.com? Your Honor? Why no? <laughs> Please tell me more, Mr. I Jones. I choose to represent myself. <laughs> uh, but he didn't. Because he's a performance artist. Exactly. Not a lawyer. Not a lawyer. He um, could have performed as a lawyer. He could have performed as a lawyer. I think that if I ever make a movie and there's a lawyer character, you're going to ring a ding ding him. Hello, is this AJ? Is this AJ? Do you want to be in a movie? <laughs> I bet he'd love it. I bet giving give him like a fiery lawyer speech, he'd kill it. I bet he'd love it. It'd be great. Yeah. Um... But so that was that was like a big news. That was that was the, the news that got that was like our bat signal. Yeah, we were just like we got to get back together. We got to hit on this. Yeah, we got to we got to record now. And we by now, talk about it. like later this week. That was like four days ago. <laughs> yeah, we it's, about this. it's probably old news by now. But yeah, long and the short of it is, Alex Jones is a crazy person who believes crazy things. Yes, but his fundamental personality is probably not shouty man. Yeah, I don't think that he rants and raves like a red-faced lunatic, like, over dinner with his kids. Right, he's not screaming that way. He just calmly way. tells them the Jews are bad or whatever. Yeah, yeah you know, like, like a normal... Like a, like normal, a normal dad. dad. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's our AJ update. Yeah, that's hang the big... AJ. That was our big hang with AJ. Um, we also wanted to get into maybe the best president we've ever had. Probably Mr. the last president Donald John Trump. Had. Yeah. The last president of the United <laughs> States. I remember I heard I heard Obama and Trump referred to as the last two presidents, and then someone following up with "Yes, yes, the last, the last two, two presidents." presidents. Um, so DJ Trump really, uh, he really zagged on us. He's been going, he's been all over the place. He's been zagging hard. He's been globe trotting. Yes, he's been trotting specifically on two places. Yes, with bombs. Been... No, three places because I forgot about Moab and Afghanistan. Okay, that's right. No, okay, so he's trotted on two places with bombs, one place with threats. Yes. So verbal bombs. Lyrical bombs. Lyrical bombs. He's dropping bombs. He's, dropping, um, he's bringing the fire. Exactly. So, uh, DJ Trump, he hit 59 Tomahawk missiles at Syria, mm-hmm. which is new. Yeah. Um, it was very kind of uh, sort of out of the blue. A lot of the blue. Um, it's funny because when Barack Obama wanted to do this in 2013... Like something like twenty percent of Republicans thought it was a good idea. Yeah, and now that Trump's doing the exact same thing, something like eighty-five percent of Republicans think it's a good idea. Well, I mean, well, what are you gonna do? It's <laughs> if we were gonna if we were gonna start being shocked by that, we'd have heart attacks. Yeah, like, I'm not shocked by it. Yeah, I just wanted to point it just out. Just like, hey, just remember this. I like that people have been um, retreating 
Trump's like old tweets about yes. like our current president is yada yada. Just yeah, watch his his approval rating so low. Don't be surprised if he drops a few bombs on Syria. Oh, it's so beautiful. I it's, saw somebody retweet that and was just like, "I'm loving this time travel drama where yeah. a man is trapped four years ago and is desperately trying to warn himself in the future." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, He's trying to warn us about himself. Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, problematic. The Syria thing. It's become increasingly clear that a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing. Because there's a lot of progressives that are posting like, um, we've been bombing Syria. Get woke, hashtag 2017. But it's a lot more complicated than that. Yeah. Because we've been dropping bombs in Syria, primarily against ISIS. But not... But not against the state Syria. of Syria. Yeah, not on, yeah. Which is problematic because the Syrian civil war is a really complicated thing with very few good sides. Um, I'm not going to say none. I'm going to say very few. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we're trying to fight ISIS also, or Trump wants to, and these are cross-purposes here. Assad and ISIS are fighting each other. Yeah. It's... Like, I, I don't understand. There are conspiracy theories related to this. Because yeah, there, there was a big chemical weapons attack. Right. Sarin gas attack. Sarin gas attack days before... The yeah, missile, but, the missile yes, strikes. Exactly. Um, from Assad on his own people. Yes. Which, according to Press Secretary Sean Spicer, not even Hitler used chemical weapons on his own people. On his own people. Yeah. Because the Jews weren't German. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's that's what Hitler said. Immediately what my mind went to. It's like, oh, that's why that makes sense to him to say that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because he believes that Nazi propaganda that the Jews weren't German. Yeah. Um, which is how they view Muslims. Anyway, um, there are people in the alt-right I've seen... That like Assad. Yes. Um, they're pro-Assad. And they've Cause, helped... Because he fights ISIS. Because he fights ISIS. And, and because he, he's, and he's a big, He's a big, yeah, big military strongman. Yeah, exactly. And Putin likes him. Yeah. And what's... Hey, what's not to love at the hey. end of the day? Hey. Love it. And so they have helped spread around this idea that the sarin gas attack against uh, the Syrian people was either done by ISIS or was done by Syrian rebels. Either way, that it was a false flag attack that was claimed to be Assad, but was not. Yeah, after every major yeah. disaster, it's everyone's favorite phrase, false flag. <laughs> That's right. Um, there have been some more progressive or reputable people that have also raised this. Um, Dennis Kucinich talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there have been some people, people from The Intercept, Tulsi Gabbard, that have at least said, like, let's at least get proof that they did anything, because we have no idea at this point. Yeah. We yeah, just know yeah. that, I mean... For all they know, the sarin gas attack could have been a storehouse that was hit by a bomb that accidentally... You know what I mean? Like, we just yeah, don't know what happened. It's a big question mark. All we know is that sarin gas was used. Yeah. And after... We're still in the living memory of Iraq, where we went to war based on faulty intelligence. Right. So there are, are a lot of people, even on the left, that are like, hey, let's get harder evidence before we go to war. Mm-hmm. Which I think is fair. Was I, this yeah, a I, false flag? I Probably not. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. Like, false flag is such a... It's such an easy answer. Yeah. And there are no easy answers no. in, let me say, war. <laughs> yeah, it's war. And there are real questions to raise. I mean, Assad using chemical weapons at that time doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of strategic sense. Um, right. He was winning. Yeah, because, like, what else is going to happen? He's gonna, yeah, he's breaking international law to win a fight he's already winning. Yeah. Um, and so there are questions about that. And if he did it, he should be brought to the International Criminal Court and tried. Exactly. The war criminal. Um, well, that's, a, that's like a running thing in our foreign policy right now. Since 9-11, we've been treating criminal actions like military actions. 
that's what we've been doing that nonstop, right? Mm-hmm. Even 9-11 itself is a criminal action. It's not a military action. It wasn't a state-sponsored group. Yeah, they stole those planes. They stole those fuckers. They're burglars. It's not like they were Saudi Air Force pilots that drove fighter jets into the World Trade Centers, right? right? This was a gang. Terrorists are gangs. You know what I mean? They're they're criminal coalitions. We should be dealing with Al-Qaeda and ISIS even. Well, maybe not ISIS at this point because they've established a statehood. I I feel like ISIS is less a gang and more a cult, a death cult. Yeah, and and it's one that has gained territory that it now operates like a distinct state right um but definitely al-qaeda um should be dealt with the same way we dealt with like the ira or the bader meinhof gang like Mm -hmm. these are ideological non-state entities that perform that that commit acts of crime that's a gang that's the definition of a gang right and somebody like assad is a criminal he's a war criminal and we bring war criminals up on trials Mm -hmm. we don't just assassinate them right like that's how we're supposed to do this you know, Osama bin Laden should have been brought to trial. Right. You know, and you know that the, the CIA had, or uh, JSOC had said that they were trying to capture bin Laden when they killed him. Mm-hmm. And like, no, you weren't. Well, like, to be fair to them. Yes. There's this new type of experimental ammunition that when it is fired, it creates like a, like a net. Like it, it like shoots out like a ne- like have you ever seen Green Arrow? And they thought their guns were full of that. And they thought their guns were loaded with these. But instead they were hollow point bullets. Yeah, that absolutely shredded his body. Regular hollow point bullets. Classic Ooh. hollow point bullets. Did you ever read? We're branching off, but it's still a conspiracy thing. Do you know Cy Hirsch, the journalist? Uh, I'm really bad with names. That's all good. Yeah. Uh, he's an old crotchety man who. Well, re- that's not narrowing it down at all. No, it isn't. <laughs> he's the guy who uh, revealed the the My Lai massacre in Vietnam. Okay. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's an investigative journalist. And he wrote a thing for, golly, I want to say the New York Review of Books. Like, it was some like fancy but also weird magazine. For a second, I thought golly was some publication. That yeah, I he wrote a thing about. for golly. Oh. No, but it was about the killing of Osama bin Laden. And it was a great work of journalism because it's basically saying that the Obama administration story is wrong. But it's also not a huge deal. Like it's Or it's a big deal, but it's not a massive cover-up. Right. It's just a better narrative for them. Yeah. And it's, so it's like little stuff where it's like... His evidence suggests that we were tipped off, that it was an intelligence thing. Somebody came in and tipped us off. His intelligence suggests that the government of Pakistan knew about it Mm -hmm. and was letting us use their airspace instead of us going in. Um, There's evidence suggests that Osama bin Laden was being monitored by the Pakistani government, that they knew he was there and helped us know. Yeah. There's evidence suggests that his body was dumped over over Kurdish mountains and not a sea burial. Mm. And so, like, and, of course, evidence that it was an assassination and not a capture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these are all things that are, like, cover-ups but the only reason they'd be covered up is because it's a better story for the u.s it's the story of our work our efforts our victory blah 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 yeah it's you a know? great prop it's a great uh, use of propaganda yeah exactly and yeah. it's like he found evidence suggests that it wasn't the case yeah and he was pilloried for it obviously because a lot of people were like well why would they lie it's so mundane like the truth doesn't seem like it's a huge embarrassment. Yeah. Why would they lie? And it's like, they lied because they could. And because it makes a better story. Yeah, because like, they're the government. they're the government. Yeah. And <laughs> mainstream media will puppet just about anything you say. I'm just, you know, yeah. like... Yeah. Uh, anyway, so <clears throat> Assad maybe gasses on people. I don't know. Yeah. Probably. I, Speaking of the mainstream He's definitely media, a war criminal. Yeah. I'll say that. He's a monster. He's a butcher. Yeah. But don't trust the government ever. Uh, Speaking of people you shouldn't trust... <laughs> Yeah. 
<laughs> How massive were those boners for missiles? Oh boy! From all media. Oh god damn it! Fox and CNN there and were so MSNBC. Many Democrats that were like, finally Trump's the president. Yeah. He, you know, and it's like, are you kidding? Are you out of your fucking mind? I saw a meme. Uh, this is just becoming the meme cast. Yeah. Describing memes we've seen. Welcome to modern culture. Memes are information. Yes. Memes are the non-mainstream media. Yeah. Uh, but it's a meme of a bunch of people in Hillary t-shirts crying. And it just said, but Hillary Clinton was supposed to bomb Syria. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, yeah, that's how they're treating it. Where it's like, this is what they wanted to do the whole time. Yeah. So finally, their, their agenda is being yeah. enacted. And so. I'll say this too. There were, and we talked about this a little bit uh, via Facebook Messenger. Yeah. Not a plug. Not a brag. Just yeah. the reality. I'm just we're just telling the government where to look for our conversations. Yeah. Facebook Messenger actually is encrypted or it can be encrypted. I, um, come on. It can be. It can be. The, the government can crack. Well, no, because they use signal, which the government doesn't know how to crack yet. I thought they figured it out. No. They're working on it. Oh, they're working they on work. it. Um like they'd tell us if they figured it out. Oh boy. Um doesn't oh. matter cuz we're about to tell tell Yeah, yeah, we're just talking about. No, I was saying that um there's also been a lot of people, like liberals and progressives, that have been really upset about the Syria bombing, which I understand. It's really upsetting. But I think that a lot of those complaints are disingenuous because these are the same people that have been talking about how bad Assad is. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't talk about how bad Assad is, but when you're sharing pictures from the sarin gas attack, when you're talking about we have to do something, we have to intervene, we have to save these people. That is literally You're something. asking for war. Yeah. Like, that's it. And, and that's okay. That's okay, right? I'm not a pacifist. I think that war can be a... Not a good thing, but it can be an inevitability. Mm-hmm. Or even a, a moral necessity in terms of like World War II or something. But you can't pretend that's not what you're asking for. You can't sit there and ask for intervention and then get mad when there's intervention. Right. Um, it, it doesn't, even if it's Trump doing it. Even when I it's know, a bad, bad, bad boy. I know anything he does needs to be criticized up and down because yeah. he's not good at his job. He's not. But that being said. Yeah. But good news, he's agged on us. Yeah. And almost started a war with North Korea instead. Yeah. Like, what was it? A day and a half later? Yeah, it was like that weekend. Yeah. Now, North Korea, I don't think they're going to be able to hit us with a nuclear bomb. I don't think they're a threat. I, I did hear some someone say that like the, the farthest they could get was Seattle, so no one needs to worry. They can't even get that far. Yeah. They, don't have, they don't have ICBMs. <laughs> who needs to worry are South Korea and Japan. Yeah, exactly. That's who needs to worry. And you know what? They should be worried. Because Kim Jong-un is a crazy person. Yeah, and he hates those guys. And he hates those guys real bad. Yeah. But Trump can't act like we're in danger from North Korea. We're just not. We're not. If North Korea developed an intercontinental ballistic missile and was able to put a nuclear warhead on it and successfully test it, that's a whole different conversation. Mm -hmm. Because they do want to hurt us, probably. They don't like us. Yeah, well, they... If they had the capacity... too. Yeah. If they had the capacity to shoot a nuke at us, I wouldn't put it past them to do it. Yeah. And that would be a different conversation. Then you have to talk about building a coalition, probably, to stop Kim Jong-un. Mm-hmm. All needs to be coalition-based. Just straight up. Like, yeah. you can't just do these things on our own. But they can't. They're just this podunk little nation that's... Their big parade-based missile test last weekend was a colossal failure. Yeah, it, it, it blew up. Yeah. And not in the way they wanted it to. <laughs> and it wasn't even an ICBM. Yeah. A, a nice BM. A nice BM. An ICBM. An I- a really one cold... Of those cold, cold BMs. Yeah. Um, go to the hospital. Your please, internal temperature is too please, low. Please, 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 please go to the hospital if you have a cold DM. <laughs> um, but, so, we did some saber rattling over there. Hasn't come to war yet, which surprises me a little bit. Just a lot of threats. Yeah. And, I mean, he was recently talking to uh, the uh, Chinese president? President. Yeah. 
<laughs> this is this is the I, I read the news. This isn't I read the news. I read the news. So the Chinese president over um South Korean or North Korean policy. Yeah. And he's like, I listened for ten minutes and I realized that it's just it's more complicated than I thought over there. Oh. It's like, okay, here's the thing. I didn't remember if it was the ambassador or the president that came and visited our president. Yeah. Guess what? I'm not a world leader. No. If I was, it would be bad that I didn't know that. Yes. The- it, it would also be bad if it took 10 minutes to, you know, the, to to move me around on something. The like, sentence, yeah. I listened for 10 minutes and it turns out it's a lot more complicated, should be engraved on his fucking headstone. Yeah. Like, that's that's his that's him in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, that is like, his that's, MO. That's yeah, his catchphrase. Yeah. That's his get her done. That's his get her done. Did you see when he forgot the name of the country that he threw missiles at? Yes, because he was busy thinking about cake. He was thinking about cake. Uh, he thought that we bombed Iraq. Yeah, so we sent missiles to Iraq, and then the interviewer is like, uh, Syria. Uh, Syria. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and he seems to think Kim Jong-un and Kim Jong-un are the same person. Yeah. Um, yeah. The details aren't interesting to this man. No. And I think that he's also, he's just too senile to care. Yeah. Also, here's the thing, too. I don't think he's making any of these decisions. No. He says in the interviews that he's leaving it to the generals. Apparently, he didn't even know about the tomahawk bombs. The generals did it because he let them do whatever they want. Yeah. And they wanted to attack the, the storehouses. And so it's like, he doesn't even know Are what's happening. Are we living in a military junta? I think that we're a lot closer to it than people realize. Than we were six months ago. <laughs> yeah. In some non-incidental ways, Trump is kind of a reverse Pinochet, uh, where instead of a general being manipulated by a bunch of Austrian economists, he's a free market businessman being manipulated by a bunch of generals. Yeah, that, uh, that, uh, which is worse. Well, nobody's been dropped from a helicopter over the ocean yet in the U.S. That we know about. That we know about. Mm-hmm. U.S. is a big country. That's true. There's a, a lot, lot of helicopters. Helicopters. A lot of helicopters. Yeah. Um... But there's definitely, I definitely think that military leaders are calling more shots than we think. Yeah. And I also, oh, here's one thing, though. I don't think that Mike Pence isn't as powerful as the anticipated being. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I think I, that I he's agree been sidelined. You. I think that he's like, he's he's been pushed to the side. Not as bad as like, uh, oh, Bannon's gone. Bannon's gonna be gone. Bannon's, yeah. Bannon's uh, yeah, he's, he's gone. He's sidelined. Yeah, he's, 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 he's out. been pushed out. And I think that it's not, it's not long it won't before be long. he... Goes back to whatever, which whatever I think the alt right will actually turn on Trump entirely when that happens. I I, I completely agree. I mean, yeah. they when he when he started to get sidelined, people were rallying. People were furious. Him. Yeah, and the alt right was furious to attack Syria, and, and I think that there will be a lot of people that, you know, Bannon's about to get cucked, cucked by Kushner. Get real cucked, and uh, they're going to not be happy about it. Um, but yeah, I think that what happened is Trump got in and realized that he couldn't delegate as much to Mike Pence as he wanted to. Yeah. Um, and so he just he's a control freak. And so he took over a lot of it and mm-hmm. just, just trying to call the shots. But he's also enamored with power and military stuff, which is why he's letting generals make the calls. Right. I think James Mattis is in control a lot more than, than we think. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bummer. Yeah. Trump talk was a bummer. Trump talk, well, I mean, are we even done? Because probably not. We talked about, uh, <laughs> so a little piece of weird, weird trivia i saw some weird uh well we got the mother of all bombs dropped on it i guess the biggest bomb 
non biggest non nuclear bomb that we have in yep. our arsenal. First time we ever dropped it. First time we ever dropped it. Was this the first time we ever dropped yeah. it? Yeah. I thought we dropped it on Iraq nope. in the in the Iraq War in two thousand three. I don't think so. I thought we did, but I could be wrong. Anyway, uh, I mean, we talked about it a lot. We certainly talked because I heard, you know, I heard, oh, we dropped the Moab. I was like, oh yeah, I know what that is. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Putin came out and talked about the father of all bombs being even bigger. Have you heard about that? No. This is a this is the thing that that Putin came out and said. Hey, here's the thing. I get a lot of my news sometimes from a Twitter feed, and there's a lot of comedians that I follow, but I'm pretty sure this was a real one. <laughs> pretty sure this was a like a, a, a news headline. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, apparently Putin is claiming that there is a larger bomb that they have, a larger conventional bomb, and they have named it the father of all bombs. I mean, look, that's funny. Like, it's, that's cool. Like, that's... It's, <laughs> it's legitimately funny. Yeah. And, like, also, like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, Putin. Don't love it. Don't. Still don't think he stole the election. No. And I cannot believe how many people in the hashtag resistance keep talking about Trump Russia. Just got to move on. Yeah. Maybe, like, maybe there's something there, but we haven't found it. So we just got to fight what we got. Yeah, we got to <laughs> Let's do real things. I mean, there's yeah. a, there's an ongoing investigation. Let it happen. Let it happen. I'm not, saying, that's I'm great. not saying stop looking. And I'm it. saying it's not possible. Yeah. Let it happen. I just don't think that that's what happened. It just doesn't seem like it's what happened. Yeah. And it's uh, also a really convenient way for Democrats in power to just... Well, and now, I don't know if you've been seeing, but there's even more pushback against Hillary criticism than there ever was in the Democratic Party. People are furious at Bernie Sanders. People are furious at this book, Shattered, that just came out. That's about Hillary Clinton's losing campaign. Uh-huh. And they're circling the wagons. And I'm like, oh, cool. So we're going to lose 2020. Right on. Okay, right. Cool. Cool, 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 Good stuff. Yeah, great, 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 great. Let's cannibalize each other. Hey, you know what? Let's get the knives out. Yeah, oh, so good, so good, so good, so good. And it's like, look, Hillary was a bad candidate. And she ran a bad campaign. And that sucks. Like, I don't. I wish that wasn't the case. Yeah. But... Uh, Trump didn't. Trump didn't win the election. The Democrats lost it. Yes, you know, and and and, and it's not helping anything to pretend win. that's not the case. And and not just pretend it's not the case, yeah. but actively attack people who might just suggest that that was the case. Yeah, yeah. And there are people, literally people. A lot of them are Twitter celebrities, but uh, apparently they're the Democrats' biggest constituency. So, um, <laughs> a lot of people who are saying, basically, they don't even want a post mortem. Like, they don't even want to examine what went wrong in the Hillary campaign. And it's like, the, the Republicans did a postmortem after Romney and McCain. You know what I mean? Like, we did a postmortem after Gore and Kerry. Right. We started to figure out what went wrong. And the idea that people are suggesting that something went wrong besides Russia, Russia. or sexism or James Comey. Yeah. It's like, maybe that's not the whole story, though. And also, you can't... Look. Look. You can't say that the country is unwilling to vote for a female candidate when that candidate won three million more votes than Trump. Yes. The fact that she won more votes and still lost means she ran, ran the wrong campaign. Here's the thing. When Trump said, after he won, somebody said, well, you didn't win the popular vote, you just won the electoral vote. And he said, if I had to win the popular vote, I would have. And everybody was like, oh, he's just blustering. But I was like, no, he's probably right, because he would have run a different campaign. Yeah. You run a different campaign to win the popular vote. If you want to win the popular vote, he would have campaigned in L.A. and New York and Chicago in he, major he metropolitan would, he centers. He would have been saying all that crazy shit that he was yeah, saying. Yeah, it would have been major metropolitan centers where they can turn up the, the – where he can lose the area. But losing it by six points versus 60 yeah. is a huge difference. But instead, he went to purple states and pride on them. Mm-hmm. you know, And it won. And so, like, that's what Hillary should have been doing. 
Hillary was playing for the popular vote and lost. But she won the popular but vote. But she won the popular vote, and that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But obviously, Americans are okay with voting for a woman. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. You can't... You, I mean, obviously, you can't... I'm not going to discount sexism. No. I'm not going to discount... No, you can't. Uh, all that other stuff that you said. Yeah. <laughs> that it wasn't. Yeah. I'm not even going to discount fully, like, Russian interference. Sure. Because they have weird, like... We've fake, done it to them. They have weird fake news propaganda. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna. St- I need to stop saying fake news. I need to start saying propaganda again because I yeah. like the word propaganda better. Anyway, yeah. uh, that's just a personal preference. It's fine. So you know, Russian propaganda is a thing that yeah. happens online. It's really easy. Yeah, Russian bots are all over. Exactly. All, everyone does it. Yeah, but that's you can't say that's the only thing that happened. That's the thing. And not examine it. That's the thing. Because look, you can say that Comey pulled the trigger, right? And and ruined her campaign by that last minute email he sent about her emails, yeah. right? But she loaded the gun and handed it to him by having this fucking scandal in the first place. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Exam- Comey, examine why that scandal happened. Comey like, fucked up yeah. by doing that. And realistically, it's probably the most immediate reason she lost. It depressed turnout, depressed excitement, and upped the excitement for Trump's people. Yeah. I agree with that. But she's not off the hook for that yeah. because it was a real thing that people were talking about for a long time because of her. Yeah. Like, what if you just didn't do that? Like, what if you just – if she just didn't have that email scandal, if she just listened to the Obama administration and did not set up a private email server, her being one of the least trusted politicians alive right now, if she didn't just do a weird, sketchy private thing, she probably would have waltzed into the election, in, yeah. into the into the White House. And she'd be bombing Syria. And she would be bombing Syria. Like all her fans want. It would be a woke bombing instead yeah. of this oppressive bombing. <laughs> what was it? Uh, we, it's like uh, the Republicans, like, we want to round up. Uh, it was, it's one of those joke yeah, tweets. I, like, I, I we we want to round up all the uh, Muslims and, and yada yada and then Democrats. More female prison guards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it is. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's woke washing. Yeah, you it's woke washing. <laughs> White people are so good at appropriation, they're even appropriating, like, social... <laughs> Fuck! Oh, my God! We're white. Full disclosure. We're super duper white. Yeah. White as hell. I'm half French, half German. Sorry. Yeah, I'm like... Hashtag sorry. I'm like half Scottish, half German. Yeah. Sorry. But also, go fuck yourselves, the Democratic Party. Well, yeah, for, for like, sure. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we got real mad. Yeah. So let's coast. I feel like we're like fired up now for for this for our topic for yeah. the episode. Here we go. Are we ready? Let's do it. Are we pumped? You got the Wikipedia article. This so. is my fight song. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Hillary twenty twenty. So this episode, we're gonna talk about a little something called the Phantom Time hypothesis. Phantom Time. Phantom Time. The coolest, one of the coolest sounding conspiracies. Yes, Danny Phantom Time hypothesis. Danny Phantom. Time. <laughs> Uh, the Phantom Time Hypothesis... I'm thinking of Billy Zane, Phantom. That's good, too. Not, and not... Sorry. That was just to get the yeah. the image in your head. I'm thinking of the comic Phantom. Yeah. We should anyway. listen to our friend Billy Zane. He's a cool dude. Yeah. Listen, um, listen to our friend Billy Zane. Be easy. Be easy. Um, hey, be easy. So, the Phantom Time Hypothesis is one that I picked to, to bring in the information on. It's a historical conspiracy, as the name... Actually, no. As the name does not suggest. No. The, the Phantom the name Time suggests anything. That it, yeah. And it could be literally anything, but it's a his- it's a history conspiracy theory. Now I have a bachelor's degree in history. Yep. I'm uh, applying to grad school to teach it. 
Um, humble brag. Oh, humble grad. Humble grad. Um, but uh, I really like history. I'm a big history nerd. Play a lot of Crusader Kings too. And you're welcome. Yes, that's uh, Shane got me into it. Uh, blame him. <laughs> Should we get matching knuckle tattoos and say Deus Volt? By yeah, the way? I think that'd be great. Yeah, I think uh, really people are gonna idea. take the wrong idea. Yep. Though. Nope. <laughs> that's a probably an alt right. Yeah, thing. you really want to bomb Syria, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Here's yeah. the thing. Like, I've okay. Side side note. Tangent. Side, before we sidebar. get into Phantom, side, I've been seeing like a lot of like Crusader memes, and they crack me up. I yeah. think they're very funny very because funny. I'm looking at them with the eye of irony. Yes. But so many like, people posting them are just like, yeah, let's go kill the Muslims again. We need another crusade. We just gotta go kill the Muzzies. Deus Volt, guys. Deus Volt. Shit. That's not great. It's no. Don't because, do that. Because it was. I thought it was really funny. Yeah. It's like, Don't oh, ruin this Because the idea, the idea of like crusaders jumping at crusades is ridiculous. It's, like, it's comical. It's stupid. They wouldn't yeah. want to do that. That's why I laugh at it. And but you That's really want to. That's why wanna, we laugh. You really want to do that. You've ruined my day's. You've ruined my day's fault. Knuckle tats. I hate it. Yeah. You have to change these. Um, I'm gonna change it to Cosius Belly. <laughs> I like that because it's more skeptical. It's like, do you have a reason? <clears throat> phantom time. So the phantom time hypothesis is a historical conspiracy theory asserted by Herbert Illig. A lot of this information I'm just going to read directly off of Wikipedia. That's fine. Um, because that's my version of doing research. <laughs> I went to college. Um, my version of doing research is reading Wikipedia and then writing stuff down in a notebook. <laughs> painstakingly and writing it down. reading that from the notebook. And it's yeah. like, no, this is research I did. Yeah, this is original research citation needed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, Herbert Illig is a, was a Bavarian historian. Who, citation needed. Citation needed. Well, actually, he was a friend of, uh, or no, he wasn't a friend. He was a follower of Emanuel Velikovsky. Are you familiar with him at all? Mm. Nope. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that was an ambiguous noise. Yeah, it really was. Uh, Emanuel Velikovsky is a guy that when I was like 14, was really into alternate explanations for things. Uh-huh. I was really big into. He wrote a book called Worlds in Collision that was about, it was basically, it was the idea that uh, around the 15th century BC, Venus was ejected from Jupiter as a comet or a comet-like object and passed near Earth, which explained a lot of the things in mythology and religion. So Venus came from Jupiter. Yes. It's a is a comet. And is now in orbit around It got stuck in orbit, yes. Okay. And sure. it you know, it it passing over the Earth is why like Joshua had the sun stand still and why the Red Sea parted and all these you know, all the flooding, all these things that happened in mythology and religion. Simultaneously? Well, they're all, um, I think they're supposed to be like historical memories of something that happened probably over the course of a few years. Okay, okay, so like everything happened all at once and then everyone told stories about it. They got spread over Exactly, exactly. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, It was like just a big catastrophic event. Hey, you know what? That makes all the sense. I believe it now. Hey, you know what? I'm into it. I'm down. (laughs) So I read that book. It's from like the the 40s called Worlds in Collision. Um, And I believed it a lot when I was 14. Sure. Don't now so much. Uh, But... This is the kind of person that Herbert Illig really loved. <laughs> he thought yeah. this guy was great. So, Mr. Illig, he came up with this idea, he published it in 1991, that there is a conspiracy. 91. 91. That's a lot like closer to the present than I thought this We were al- both from. alive. Yes. I, I was... I was... Six? No? No. I was... F- it doesn't matter. Look, hey... You were four or five. I'm not going to do math on this. You were four or but five. I was four or five. And I was like one. Yeah. Um, I'm young. It's not a big deal. Um, I'm your sweet baby brother. Uh, so it's a conspiracy by the Holy Roman Emperor Otto III, 
Pope Sylvester II, and possibly the Byzantine Emperor Constantine VII to fabricate the Anno Domini dating system retrospectively so that it placed them at the year AD 1000, <laughs> which allowed them to, uh, to... And so they were able to rewrite history to legitimize Otto's claim to the Holy Roman Empire. Um, so according to this scenario, the entire Carolingian period, including the figure of Charlemagne, would have been a fabrication, with a phantom time of 297 years, AD 614 to 911, added to the early Middle Ages. Um, Wikipedia helpfully notes that this proposal has found no favor among mainstream medievalists. <laughs> well, why would it, man? They're so, out of a job, yeah. man. Oh, n- never a straight answer. History edition. <laughs> so here are some of the bases of his hypothesis, okay? Uh, Wikipedia notes the scarcity of archaeological evidence that can be reliably dated to the period 8614 to 9-11. Uh, kind of insensitive if you think about it. The perceived yeah. inadequacies of radiometric and dendrochronological methods of dating this period, and the over-reliance of medieval historians and written sources. So basically what he's saying here is that this whole almost 300-year period is basically all written sources. So it's just they wrote a bunch of fake stuff. Exactly. A bunch of fake news. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hashtag fake news. Hashtag fake news, big time. Um, then there's the presence of Romanesque architecture in 10th century Western Europe, suggesting the Roman era was not as long ago as conventionally thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's true that Romanesque architecture in 10th century Western Europe is weird, but the Roman civilization was a major civilization yeah. that kept up. I'm sure that there were people that were still into it yeah, and in still, the 10th century. It's, it's like, hey, you know, those buildings are... Those buildings are fucking dope as shit. Yeah, they last a long time. We should build like that. What if we just did that? <laughs> what if we, um, hey, what if we just did that? What if we just did that? Hey, Cornelius, <laughs> what if we just did this? You know that old Roman building? Hey, Cuthbert. What if we just did this? Now we're just making up names (laughs) to make each other laugh. Kind of medieval name. Yeah. Hey, Rogbert. What if we just... (laughs) Hey, Aiden. (laughs) Um, The other piece of evidence was the relation between the Julian calendar, Gregorian calendar, and the underlying astronomical solar or tropical year. So the Julian calendar, introduced by Julius Caesar, all hail was long known to introduce a discrepancy from the tropical year of around one day for each century that the calendar was in use. So it missed a day, basically. Mm -hmm. By the time the Gregorian calendar was introduced in AD 1582, Illig alleges that the old Julian calendar should have produced a discrepancy of 13 days between it and the real or tropical calendar. Instead, the astronomers and mathematicians working for Pope Gregory XIII had found that the civil calendar needed to be adjusted by only 10 days. The Julian calendar day, Thursday, 4th, October, 1582, was followed by the first day of the Gregorian calendar, October 15th, Friday, 1582. So those three days would roughly translate to 300 years. About 300 years, yeah. From this, it concludes that the AD era had counted roughly three centuries, which never existed. Okay. Compelling stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to move on to the criticisms in just a second, but first we can talk a little bit about this idea. Basically... He just thought 300 years were made up. Yeah, so it's it, which which is funny because if you look back at like a lot of the Charlemagnean history, yeah, Carol- it does read Carolingian. like it does read like fan fiction. It does. It's like Charlemagne's like a fan fiction character. Yeah, he is. He is a self insert. Um, he's a Mary Sue. He's a Mary Sue. I was gonna say Mary Sue, but I hate that phrase. He's uh. Oh yeah, it's real bad. Yeah, he's a shining snowflake angel baby. Yes. Um. And, uh, yeah, it's like everything he does is the best. He yes. creates a giant empire spanning. He's like a Crusader Kings 2 character when you have cheats on. Exactly. He's a cheating Crusader Kings 2 character. Yeah. Uh, for the three of you that get that. Yes. And um, 
so it's like I I, I can kind of see where that ideal would come from. And also, as a fantasy fan, as yeah. a science fiction fan, yeah, I fucking love the idea that three really powerful dudes would just <laughs> add in three hundred years, yeah. to put them at the year one thousand. I think that's amazing. Yeah, like that's a fantastic idea. <laughs> It feels like it's something that Isaac Asimov would put into the Foundation series. Or, like, that would be in Dune or something. Hey, Constantine? What, <laughs> what's up, Otto? What if we were at the year 1000? That would be so good. Get Let's the Pope on get the Pope Sylvester. Also, <laughs> hey, Sylvester? Yeah? Let's make it so that it's the year 1000 for us. Oh, my, me. That's an amazing idea. He wouldn't take the Lord's name in vain. I mean, what, 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 but would he say, oh, my Pope? <laughs> yeah, he would. That's what they all said back then. Anything oh, else is oh. fake names. Fake names. Fake names. Fake names. <laughs> Flow names. Um, so, this theory is great. It's perfect. It's flawless. It's hella entertaining, and it's got the best name. Yeah, it's 100% true, but let's get into why it's not true. <laughs> um, so, here's some of the criticism. <clears throat> Can I do a cold shot? Please. China's involved in the criticism. No. Damn it. As I was just I just always assume they just can't. Oh! Eh, okay. Yes. Okay, well we'll get to it. Ca- that. It comes in at the very end. Yeah, we'll get to that later. We should also talk about more historical conspiracies like the idea that China discovered the United States in uh fourteen twenty one. Oh yeah, for sure. So the most difficult challenge to the theory is through observations in ancient astronomy, especially those of solar eclipses cited by European sources prior to six hundred AD, when Phantom Time would have distorted the chronology. Mm-hmm. Besides several others that are perhaps too vague to disprove the phantom time hypothesis, two in particular are dated with enough precision to disprove the hypothesis with a high degree of certainty. All right. Sounds like nerds breaking this down. One reported by Pliny the Elder in his Natural History. The eclipse of the sun, which chanced before the calends of Mage, I don't know what any of this means, <laughs> when as Vipsanus and Fontius were consuls, and that was not many years past, was seen in Campania between the seventh and eighth hours of the day. In 59 AD. I don't know what that voice was either. That's just how I assume Pliny the Elder That was the spoke. Pliny the Elder voice. That's what he sounded That's like. That's how I sound when I have a lot of the Pliny the Elder beer. <laughs> um, and one is reported in Photius's epitome of Philosturgius's lost history. Fucking what? What does this mean? Anyway. Philosturgius? Philosturgius, which like is my firstborn son's name. Oh, okay. Uh, Phil. When Theodosius had entered the years of boyhood, on the 19th of July, a little after noonday, the sun was so completely eclipsed that the stars appeared. In 418 AD. That was Photius. Um, Both of these dates and times have confirmed eclipses. In addition, observations during the Tang Dynasty in China and Halley's Comet, for example, are consistent with current astronomy and no phantom time added. Right. So, so a bunch of nerds. Astrologically, it, it makes sense. It's like, no, this many years has passed since the Roman Empire. Yeah. And Deal these, with it. And you can, you know, compare astronomical records from China and the pattern of Halley's Comet with these events. It all kind of lines up. Yeah. I kind of figured that you would just go to an outside Europe, like a non-European source for chronological data. And it'll yeah. probably It would have to up. be probably astronomical, but... Oh, I mean, we'll find out. Phantom Time would be astronomical. Really <laughs> unbelievable. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> um, also, archaeological remains and dating methods such as dendrochronology refute rather than support Phantom Time. So, dendrochronology? Yeah, let's That's, find out what uh, that is. I actually... Uh, I Do you know it? It's, it's like counting rings and trees and all that shit. You nailed it. You <sighs> nailed, nailed it. it. Good work. Philosophy major, baby. Hey, why did you learn about that in philosophy? I didn't. I just dendro... I just meaning, knew that already. Dendro meaning plant. 
chronology meaning time. So, so you learn like, about yeah, Greek time. words. Okay. The Gregorian reform was never purported to bring the calendar in line with the Julian calendar as it had existed at the time of its institution in 45 BC, but as it has existed in 325, the time of the Council of Nicaea, which had established a method for determining the date of Easter Sunday by fixing the vernal equinox on March 21st in the Julian calendar. By 1582, the astronomical equinox was occurring on March 10th in the Julian calendar, but Easter was still being calculated from a nominal equinox on March 21st. In 45 BC, the, astro- the astronomical vernal equinox took place around March 23rd. Illig's three missing centuries thus correspond to the 369 years between the institution of the Julian calendar in 45 BC and the fixing of the Easter date at the Council of Nicaea in AD 325. So take that, nerds. So um, suck on those balls. Yeah. Why don't you uh, take all that information, that all that succinct, clear information, and just uh, deal with it. And just... Uh, Deal with it. That super understandable information that I understood completely. That super straightforward and obvious and, and really easy to understand information. Deal with it. Just put that in your pipe and suck it. <laughs> how do you smoke? <laughs> how, how does one smoke? <laughs> no, but so that's basically saying that the the three missing centuries comes from a misunderstanding of the history of the Julian calendar. Okay. That the Julian calendar was amended about 300 years after it was started in order to get easter sunday in line with the astronomical calendar and so Illig's not wrong that there are three missing centuries but there are three missing centuries because he's judging it by its original method yeah instead of its amended method which adjusted for 300 years yeah he's he's reading the D three three uh 3.0 manual when he should be reading 3.5 exactly yeah um, no one should read D and D three point five. It's not a good system. It's, it's go to fucking fifth edition. It's the best. It's so good. Um, so last thing, if Charlemagne and the Carolingian dynasty were fabricated, there would have to be a corresponding fabrication of the history of the rest of Europe, uh, including Anglo-Saxon England, the papacy, and the Byzantine Empire. Um, the Phantom Time period also encompasses the life of Muhammad in the Islamic expansion into the areas of the former Roman Empire, including the conquest of Visigothic Iberia. This history, too, would have to be forged or drastically misdated. It would also have to be reconciled with the history of the Tang Dynasty of China and its contact with Islam, such as the Battle of Talus. First of all, definitely want to read more about the Tang Dynasty of China fighting Islam. That yeah. sounds fascinating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I've never really heard about that, but it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. They would meet right above uh, India. Fascinating. But also, this makes a lot of sense to me. Obviously, your biggest issue is going to be that other sources had chronologies. Right, exactly. That you have to compare against it. That's why I said China, because I feel yeah. like they are the most reliable. But they, they didn't have to go that far. You just yeah. go to Anglo-Saxon England, or the history of the Pope, you know? Yeah. like Or the rise of Muhammad. Yeah, or the fact that this basically means... But basically what they're saying is that the rise of Muhammad is misstated. Right. Which which you could make an argument of that because all of these cultures had different calendars. It's true. For the most part. Um, so there's no reason that it would have to be at the same time. It's not like they were sending each other emails. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like Muhammad and Charlemagne <laughs> yeah. were emailing each other. But her emails, though. <laughs> and by her, I mean Charlemagne. <laughs> Who is a Girl! Girl! No, I just I just refer to him. I as meant Charlotte Maine. Charlotte Maine, a person. Carolyn Maine. That's almost Carolyn and Maine. Annie Maine's other sister, <laughs> who they do have. I just don't know her name. I don't know either. Carolyn Maine is not far off from Charlemagne as oh a my name. God. New conspiracy. New conspiracy. Carolyn Maine is Charlemagne. Um, Carolingian. That's what they call Charlemagne-related things. It all makes sense. It all makes. I mean, there's just no flaw in it. Not unlike the Phantom Time hypothesis. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, obviously comparing it to other world history is a real good time killer. Yes. Phantom time killer. But yes, let me throw this at you. Hit me, hit me, hit me. Let me, let me serpentine on you. Zag on me. What if there's a time distortion around the area of France and Germany? Go on. What if there is, what if there is a localized time disturbance that it wasn't that, uh, the three powerful Pope, Otto and uh, Constantine had to get together. It's like, hey, let's just make up time. No. Time was all of a sudden moved forward in this area. And so they had to make up what happened so that it would match with everything else. Hmm. The entire rest of the world. They had to make it all up because it got hit with a chrono sinkhole. I think you're right. <laughs> I think that's it. I mean, I don't see what else <laughs> could possibly be the... I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, Here's the thing. Uh-huh. First of all, you're entirely right. Yes. Second of all, there's a related conspiracy that we're going to jump into. Okay, let's do it. Called the New Chronology. So the New Chronology is a pseudo-historical theory which argues that the conventional chronology of Middle Eastern and European history is fundamentally flawed, and that events attributed to the civilizations of the Roman Empire, ancient Greece, and ancient Egypt actually occurred during the Middle Ages, more than a thousand years later. The central concepts of the new chronology are derived from the ideas of Russian scholar Nikolai Morozov, 1854-1946. Although work by French scholar Jean Haudouin, 1646-1729, can be viewed as an earlier predecessor. However, flawless French pronunciation, by the way. Thank you so much. I worked really hard on it. I took five years of Spanish. Um, however, the new chronology is most commonly associated with Russian mathematician Anatoly Fomenko, born in 1945, still alive. Get him on the line. Although published works on the subject are actually a collaboration between Fomenko and several other mathematicians, not historians, the concept is most fully explained in history, fiction, or science, originally published in Russian. So the new chronology also contains a reconstruction, an alternative chronology, radically shorter than the standard historical timeline because all ancient history is folded into the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. According to Fomenko's claims, the written history of humankind goes only as far back as A.D. 800. There is almost no information about events between 800 and 1000 A.D., and most known historical events took place in 1000 to 1500 A.D. Whoa. The new chronology is rejected by mainstream historians and is inconsistent with absolute and relative dating techniques used in the wider scholarly community. Wait, didn't I say that about the last one too? Makes me think it's real. <laughs> so, <clears throat> this is a little bit of a longer piece, but I'm still going to read a lot of it because it's real goddamn weird. All right? So, this is much weirder than Phantom Time. Okay, so this is. So this is saying that everything happened in just like like a shorter period than we thought, or basically that everything, no, okay, that we're in the year twenty seventeen, year of our Lord, year of our Lord, twenty seventeen, Jesus, Jesus H Christ, twenty seventeen, <laughs> Jesus Hussein Christ, Jesus, I think Hussein is important. I, I, people don't bring it up. I think it's important. And he's saying that basically everything that we know of in history has happened since eight hundred A.D. Everything. Everything. Okay. But most of it was between 1000 and 1500 AD. Okay. That so between 800 that and 1000 everything was really jumping. is kind of like unknown, like the Dark Ages. And then all of human history, basically, that's recorded is from 1000 on. The idea of chronologies that differ from the conventional chronology can be traced back to at least the early 17th century. Jean Havre uh, then suggested that many ancient historical documents were much younger than commonly believed to be. In 1685, he published a version of Pliny the Elder... 
your boy, your boy, uh, natural history, in which he claimed that most Greek and Roman texts had been forged by Benedictine monks. Fucking, Fucking Benedictine, Benedictine monks. monks! Ah, Jesus! H. Christ! Jesus, Jesus Hussein Christ! Christ. These Benedictine monks. These fucking Benedictine monks. When later questioned on these results, Hardwin claimed that he would reveal the monks' reasons in a letter to be revealed only after his death. Believable. Really good. Really and, good strategy. And then he never died. And then right? he's still alive. He's the Comte de Saint Germain. That he, wandering Jew. These are all ancient immortals from legends. Mm-hmm. Um, the executors of his estate were unable to find such a document among his posthumous papers. Whoa! National Treasure 3! Let's write it right now! <laughs> Gotta find that letter that proves phantom time or whatever. Yeah. Let's get Nick Cage on it. Let's do it. Uh, in the 17th century, Sir Isaac Newton heard of him. Examining the current chronology of ancient Greece, ancient Egypt, and the ancient Near East. Yeah, he invented ex- Apple, right? Yeah, he invented the... He's the founder of Apple. Um, expressed discontent with prevailing theories and proposed one of his own which, basing a study on Apollonius of Rhodes' Argonautica, changed the traditional dating of the Argonautic expedition, the Trojan War, and the founding of Rome. Here's an important thing to remember about Sir Isaac Newton. Yeah. He's a fucking lunatic. Yeah, he is. It's cool that he invented calculus. Not really. It's <laughs> yeah. cool. <laughs> Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Nerd. Uh, it's cool that he invented physics or whatever, but he was a crazy person. He was a lunatic. He was obsessed with alchemy. Which is, which is boss. Yeah, he was like a cabal, like a cabalist, a gnostic, all of which is boss. But here's the thing: he shoved it's a knife crazy. in his own eye. Did he really? Yeah, he was, tr- he was. He was. Tr- he was playing around with optics, and he was like writing down in his journal. It's like oh. I'm just seeing what happens, like when I press like this part of my eye. And so he got a knife or like a letter opener or something like that. Sure. And he like put it in between his eyelid and his eye. Like and you, for you who listen, um, touch the top of your eye. That's exactly where I'm putting it in. And so he's just putting a long, flat piece of metal. And it's like, uh, he's basically like, you know, so many inches in, this is what I'm seeing. Like, so many inches in, it's like I'm seeing, like, stars and stuff. He actually, like, got it all the way back there. Well, here's there. the thing. And then the last entry, I'm sorry, the last entry is like, pain too great, need to stop. <laughs> Oh my God, Sir Isaac Newton! Why are you like this? He's a maniac. Why are you like this? I was gonna say that. At least on the eye itself, there are no um, nerve endings right on your eye. But if you push it to the top far enough in, you're gonna be hitting the eye socket. Exactly. Um, but I think it, that's where I think that's where the pain was coming from. Probably. He probably could have popped his own eye out if he wasn't if there wasn't any nerve receptors in his eye socket. Yeah, he probably was about to. Yeah. Uh, do you think that he was the first sentient AI? Uh, I think he probably built it and fucked it. Do you think then... that? Do you think that uh, the first AI is going to fall back in time and turn into Isaac Newton, and he's just going to be like, "What can I do with this human body?" <laughs> Must read about alchemy, <laughs> Doctor John D. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Here's the thing: I like the occult. We've talked before about how Shane and I are not. Your average materialist atheist nerd type boys. Nope. Uh, I like magic. I like the occult. We're going to talk about it at some point. It's fucking rad. I like that Isaac Newton was into this stuff. Yeah. But it's also 100% crazy. Yes. Like, it's, it's, like it's it, it actually it makes you doubt. Because the thing is. It makes you doubt physics. The only thing, the only reason that Isaac Newton got as far as he did is because he tried everything. Yes. And he was incidentally a good scientist. Yes. His main thing was like alchemy and ceremonial magic. That's what he considered he himself was, to be. He was like a theologian. That yeah. was his main thing. 
And you know what? He was probably right about that too. But he was also certifiably crazy. Yes. Just like all great prophets. Jesus Hussein Christ. Jesus Hussein Christ. Elijah. Hussein Christ. Elijah Hussein Christ. Um, so uh, some other examples of similar new chronologies. In 1887, Edwin Johnson, never heard of him, expressed the opinion that early Christian history was largely invented or corrupted in the second and third centuries. This I believe. I would 100% believe that. Yeah, I could, I could, I could And say early that. Christian history, basically the history of the early church being basically fabricated in like the second or third century. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That makes sense because then you can take all the stuff out about mushrooms and yeah, exactly. all the good Which stuff. All the good, good stuff. All that good stuff. Which, um, second mushroom of the cross, look it up. Open your eyes, America. Open your eyes. This is already basically the case. I mean, most of the New Testament was written at least a few generations later. Right. So we don't know what the fuck they were talking about. But probably made it up. Yeah. And that's fine. I don't care. That's the thing. is I say this about Christianity, but it's not a judgment. Yeah. History is literally written, written by the winners. Like, yeah. Everybody does History this. is fiction agreed upon. Yeah. I was willing to Foucault in my undergraduate years. You know, I once asked my uh, pr- one of my professors to, like, so what's what's Foucault's deal? And he looked at me and he's like, who? And I'm like, I pointed to a book. Foucault. 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 What's, I'm an American, damn it. What's, what's folk art? What's folk art all about? Tell me about folk art. <laughs> Putting folk art before the horse. In 1909, Otto Rank made... <laughs> it's my like a Descartes joke. Yeah, yeah. Turn into a Foucault <laughs> joke. Kind, yeah. I really like saying bad puns and just moving on without letting you respond. In 1909, Otto Rank, great name, made note of duplications in literary history of a variety of cultures. The stink master, auto rank. <laughs> okay, wait, I'm going to do my auto rank. I assume he's German. Mm. Almost all important civilized peoples have early woven myths around and glorified in poetry as heroes, mystical kings, and princes, founders of religions, of dynasties, empires, and cities. In short, their national heroes. Especially the history of their birth and of their early years is furnished with fantastic traits. The amazing similarity and their literal identity of those tales, even as they refer to different, completely independent peoples, sometimes geographically far removed from one another, is well known and has stuck many an investigator. Now, that was ridiculous what I just said in that voice. But the substance actually is very interesting. Yeah, basically that all heroes are sort of written, given the same it's kind of sort a, of origin stories. Uh, like a James Fraser Golden Bow thing. Have you read The Golden Bow? So James Fraser is, is one of these... It's, it's a piece kind of like the White Goddess. They're, they're both these early 20th, late 19th century works of comparative mythology that um, basically argue that all these myths are the same. They're all renditions of the same thing. And Otto Rank is basically just saying that that's the case for history, too. Basically, instead of just like, yeah, all these myths about, you know, uh, a king that dies and comes back to life. Yeah. You know, instead of saying, like, these all refer to the same... This is all, like, a, a tradition that continues... In, a, in a non, an unbroken line, basically, they're just saying that history is like that, where it's referring to the same events um, mm. differently in different national memories. So, Fomenko became interested in Morozov's theories in 1973. In 1980, together with a few colleagues from the mathematics department of Moscow State University, all red flags, he hey. published several articles on... Literally. New- <laughs> ah, Moscow, Moscow. <laughs> he published several articles on new mathematical methods in history in peer-reviewed journals. Literally, citation needed on Wikipedia. <laughs> Um, the article stirred a lot of controversy, but ultimately Fomenko failed to win any respected historians to his side. By the early 1990s, Fomenko shifted his focus from trying to convince the scientific community via peer-reviewed publications to publishing books, went straight to the people. 
Beam writes that Fomenko and his colleagues were discovered by the Soviet scientific press in the early 1980s, leading to, quote, a brief period of renown, end mm. quote. A contemporary review from the journal Questions of History complained, uh, their, con- their constructions have nothing in common with Marxist historical science. That was just like a weird Eastern European science guy. I believe that. Um, by 1996, his theory had grown to cover Russia, Turkey, China, Europe, and Egypt. Should we get into what Fomenko has to say? Please, what does Fomenko have to say? Flamenco? What? <laughs> That's a different song. That's not Flamenco. Isn't that the end of the Doug theme song? Uh, that is um, the or, end or... of uh, Yellow's Oh Yeah. Oh Yeah. Oh Yeah. Bow, bow. Okay. It, just, it does parts kind of out of order. I'm trying to think of the fucking end of the Doug theme song. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it's like that. So it's a little scat. It's a little scat. It's like a chicka 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 um, um. According to new chronology, the traditional chronology consists of four overlapping copies of the true chronology shifted back in time by significant intervals with some further revisions. Fomenko claims all events and characters conventionally dated earlier than 11th century are fictional and represent phantom reflections of actual Middle Ages events and characters brought about by intentional or accidental misdatings of historical documents. So that makes sense. Like, that I mean, makes sense. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I get so where he's going with there's that. There's like one mono history that happens pre and then 1000. People keep kind of misremembering it happening further back. Right. Um, they kind of just. And as different characters. Yeah, they kind of just push it back uh, or reflect it back. Project. That's what I was going to They project it back. So before the invention of printing, accounts of the same events by different eyewitnesses were sometimes retold several times before being written down, then often went through multiple rounds of translating and copy editing. Um, names were translated, mispronounced, and misspelled to the point where they bore little resemblance to originals. According to Fomenko, this led early chronologists to believe or choose to believe that those accounts describe different events and even different countries and time periods. Fomenko justifies this approach by the fact that in many cases, the original documents are simply not available. Fomenko claims that all the history of the ancient world is known to us from manuscripts that date from the 15th century to the 18th century, but describe events that allegedly happened thousands of years before the originals regrettably and conveniently lost. For example, the oldest extant manuscripts of monumental treatises on ancient Roman and Greek history, such as Annals and Histories, are conventionally dated to A.D. 1100, more than a full millennium after the events they describe, and they did not come to scholars' attention until the 15th century. Uh, citation needed on Wikipedia. <laughs> According to Fomenko, the 15th century is probably when these documents were first written. According to Fomenko's new chronology, and his, 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 I'm sorry, central to Fomenko's new chronology is his claim that the existence of a vast Slav Turk empire, which he calls the Russian Horde, which he says played the dom- dominant role in Eurasian history before the 17th century. Okay. So, so now so, we're getting to the meat of it. Yeah, this is a refocus of history back on Chiboy, the, the Slavic people. Yes, um, and the Turks. I feel like there's a good modern example of this. Is like the way that he was talking about 
um, the same real figures being yeah. misinterpreted and then creating spawning several different fictional yeah. characters, which is why you can have basically uh, Edward Cullen and Christian Grey be the same person. It's yes. just through different interpretations and translations. It's actually not a bad comparison. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, like, it's, it's like fan fiction. It's yeah. like a feedback loop of fan fiction that no one understands. Like in in, in, a, th- in a thousand years, people yeah. read those two source materials and think like... Um, that they're both biographical in different ways. Yeah. But and really, he, they're just a reflection of... Of the same thing. Of the same thing, which is a stern, cool kid that... Yeah. Um, I can't remember the the author of Twilight. Yeah. New Stephanie in high Meyer. school. Yeah. Stephanie Meyer, new in high school. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, that's actually really true. And here's the thing. This whole idea is not impossible. So Slav Turk Empire, which he called the Russian Horde, which was the dominant role in Eurasian history before the 17th century. The various peoples identified in ancient and medieval history, from the Scythians, Huns, Goths, Bulgars, through the Paulian, Delebi, Drevelian, Pechenegs, to the more recent times, uh, the Cossacks, Ukrainians, and Belarusians, are nothing but elements of the single Russian Horde. So all of these groups are all memories of this one Slav Turkic Empire. Okay. Um, for the new chronologists, people such as the Ukrainians, Belarusians, Mongols, and others who assert their national independence from Russia are suffering from a historical delusion. Mm. Um, they're pretending to be separate from what was once. Or they, they think they were. Yeah, they okay. think they're separate. But they don't know that it's actually the same empire gotcha. historically. Fomenko claims that the most probable prototype of the historical Jesus was Andronicus Komnenos I, allegedly AD 1152 to 1185, the emperor of Byzantium, known for his failed reforms. His traits and deeds reflected in biographies of many real and imaginary persons. The historical Jesus, then, is a composite figure and reflection of the Old Testament prophet Elisha, Pope Gregory VII, St. Basil of Caesarea, and even Li Yanhao, also known as Emperor Xingzhong, or Son of Heaven, Emperor of Western Xia, who, ruled, who reigned in 1032-48. Also, Euclides, Bacchus, and Dionysius. Dude. <laughs> Fucking slow down, because that is bonkers. <laughs> Did you hear what you just said? I blacked out a little bit. That during Jesus that. is an amalgam of all these different historical, including figures. a pope and a saint. A pope, a saint, a fucking an emperor of China, a Greek god, two a Greek and a and a Roman god, <laughs> um, and an Old Testament prophet. Here's the thing. Yeah, how a pope be Jesus? How will what pope, he the pope be how of? A pope gonna be Jesus? What's he the pope of? <laughs> What's he the Pope of? What are you, hey, Shane, get off of that counter. What are you even the Pope of? What is he the Pope of if he is also Jesus? Uh, I don't have a good answer for you, Kyle. What is he the Pope of? I don't understand. Maybe the original church was a Dionysian cult, and he was the Pope of Dionysus. I don't hate that. And then they just fused the the god with the guy. I don't hate that. Well, um, I'm okay. a big fan of Dionysus. He's great. Like, to really sit down and think about, like, well, it's it's clearly an amalgam of, like, 18 different people. Yeah. Of course, you take 18 different people, well, you can make an amalgam of anybody. Yeah, and I think more with what the point is that, for, uh, like, there is a person who existed, like, maybe this Andronicus guy. Yeah. Who is repeated in all these figures. Uh-huh. Um, so it's less, I think, that Jesus is an amalgamation of them. It's just that, and more that all Jesus of these is part char- of a lineage of uh, people whose personages are reflected in this figure. I, okay, okay, I see that. It's, or so who, it's, who's 
who are all reflections of a particular figure. Right. Um, so it's actually kind of the opposite. Yes. Like, instead of him being a composite of them, there's this Andronicus the first Chememnos so, guy. Andronicus is a prism, time is a light, and then all and the all different people, colors yeah. coming out are the yes. different characters. Exactly. I think that's what he's saying. It sounds that like makes what he's more sense than the other. Than that all of these people were combined to create a Jesus. Right. I, and I, I think that that was me misinterpreting. Uh, but still. Maybe. I don't know. I don't understand. But I still like who he to Pope of. <laughs> yeah, who he to Pope of <laughs> is, first of all, an amazing pseudonym. Yeah. Hi, who, I'm who he to Pope of. Hi, I'm who he to Pope of. <laughs> hi, I'm Mr. to Pope of. <laughs> First name, Hui. Joshua DePopo. Joshua DePopo. That's a good name. T-shirts. 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 Fomenko explains the seemingly vast differences in the biographies of these figures as resulting from difference in languages, points of view, and time frame from the authors of said accounts and biographies. He claims that the historical Jesus may have been born in 1152 and was crucified around 1185 on the Joshua's Hill overlooking the Bosphorus, which is in uh, Turkey. Right, right. Um, Okay, so I misunderstood He's saying that all of those people, that Jesus is the guy, and all of those people are reflections. He's the prism. He's the prism. Not, yeah. not this pope. Not, not the, this not, uh, not the, Constantine. Not Andronicus. Byzantine emperor. <laughs> um, Titus Andronicus. Um, which is 1152 to 1185 is when Andronicus I also lived. And so, okay, okay, no, I get it, I get it, I get it. He's saying that Andronicus is Jesus. They're the same person. Right. And then all those people are the are the. Light Reflections of okay yeah okay I I get I get that Andronicus AKA Jesus Androna Jesus uh, the first Androna Jesus sounds like a David Bowie Christ figure <laughs> sounds like an anime character <laughs> um, okay okay I get that I don't get it but I get it um, Fomenko also merges the cities and histories of Jerusalem Rome and Troy into New Rome which is Gospel of Jerusalem in the 12th and 13th centuries and Troy being Yoros Castle. To the south of Yoros Castle is Joshua's Hill, which Menko alleges is the Hill Calvary depicted in the Bible. Okay. So this is all... We're linking everything together. We're linked. We're... Because I, I heard... Hey, what are I we... just hear Troy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are we? The 1860 election? Because we're Lincoln. She said the winner of the 1860 Because we're Lincoln, comma, Douglas. <laughs> Hope there's a listener out there named Douglas. Hey, Douglas. Hey, Douglas. Hey. Douglas? Douglas? We're Lincoln. <laughs> all right. Fomenko claims the Hagia Sophia is actually the biblical temple of Solomon. And, this is fun, he identifies Solomon as the Sultan Suleiman the Magnificent. That. 1494. Which is actually kind of cool. Too easy. It's too easy. Too easy. But if you listen to me, like Alan Moore would do. Yeah. On the other hand, oh, other hand, according to Fomenko, the word Rome is a placeholder and can signify any one of several different cities and kingdoms. Like Nome, Alaska? Someone wrote, Rome on a map. Someone wrote Rome on a map, like, name? Yeah, I, basically. I think his idea is that Rome is almost like a title. Uh-huh. Um, that Rome is whatever the Rome is. Of the Rome time. is place. Yeah. yeah. Or, or like high place. Rome is imperial Rome place. is where the heart is. You, <laughs> yes! Rome is where the heart is. <laughs> t-shirts, t-shirts. Okay. On the other hand. So he claims that the first Rome, or ancient Rome, or Mizraim, is an ancient Egyptian kingdom in the delta of the Nile with its capital of Alexandria. Okay. So first Rome is Alexandria. It's, it's Egypt, basically. Right. So he equates ancient Egypt and Rome. The second and most famous new Rome is actually Constantinople, he says. 
Again, Slav Turkic. Right. Um, the third Rome is constituted by three different cities. Constantinople, the actual Rome in Italy, and... Moscow? Moscow. Hey! Hey, Moscow, Moscow! Hey! According to his claims, Rome in Italy was founded around A.D. 1380 by Aeneas. Almost Aeneas. Aeneas. And Moscow, as the third Rome, was the capital of the great Russian horde. Similarly, the word Jerusalem is actually a placeholder rather than a physical location and could refer to different cities at different times. And the word Israel did not define a state, even not a territory, but people fighting for God. For example, French St. Louis and English Elizabeth called themselves the King and Queen of Israel. So his thing is that these big ideas in history, Rome, especially Rome, Jerusalem, and Israel, are titles, basically. That Rome is the title for whatever the major metropolis is. Gotcha. So we would call New York City Rome right now. Jerusalem is basically the center of religion. The spiritual side. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Israel... Which would be Memphis. Which would be Memphis, Tennessee. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Exactly. Um, And Israel is basically just whoever's fighting for God at the time. Okay, so the the nation of Israel is just whoever is the chosen people. Yeah, whoever is currently working for God. Right. It becomes the nation of Israel by a dint of it working for God. All of this... Be a great fantasy novel. I exactly. Like, I'm like think, I'm, I'm reading this, and it's like this is like in the set, in the middle of a fantasy novel where the characters learn that their history that they knew was all wrong. Yeah, and it's like it's these are actually concepts. And yeah, these, these words have power. Yeah, and like I feel like we're gonna learn magic in a minute. Yeah, like it's amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. Okay, he claims that parallelism between John the Baptist, Jesus, and Old Testament prophets implies that the New Testament was written before the Old Testament. Seems unlikely. Fomenko claims that the Bible... <laughs> Citation needed. Citation needed. Um, it, it, honestly, it sounds more like the New Testament was written in order to match the Old Testament. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fomenko claims that the Bible was being written until the Council of Trent in 1545 to 1563 when the list of canonical books was established and all the apocryphal books were ordered to be destroyed. Right. So, you know, that one's straightforward, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fomenko also claims that Plato, Plotinus, and Gemistus Plato... Uh, one of these things is not like the other. Yeah, you say, hey, you're starting to get into my territory here now. Right. Gemistus Plato. Yeah, I'm a big Gemistus fan. Yeah, love... I'm a Gemistus rat. I'm a, I'm a Gemistician. <laughs> Gemistician. Um, anyway, he claims that all three of them, surprise, are the same person. According to him, some texts by or about Pletho were misdated and today believed to be texts by or about Plotinus or Plato. Plotinus, of course, being the founder of Neoplatonism. Right. Um... He claims similar... Du- I just knew that's not my head. Wasn't that impressive? That's good. He claims similar duplicates uh, are Dionysius the Are- Areopagite, Pseudo-Dionysius the Areopagite, Pseudo-Dionysius is a cool thing to say, <laughs> and Dionysius Patavius. I don't know who any of those people are. I assume they're like philosophers or writers. I want to say the founder of cynicism? Dionysius? Could be, yeah. Uh, I'm a philosophy major. Send me your hate mail. <laughs> and I'm a history major, so we're both wading into bad territory for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, he claims Florence and the House of Medici bankrolled and played an important role in creation of the magnificent Roman and Greek past. So basically, he's saying that the, the way that the classical era came into vogue in the Renaissance, uh-huh. he's saying that it actually was a creation of the Renaissance. Okay, so it basically the Renaissance created fan fiction about the past. Yes. All right. And projected their ideas onto it. Yeah, that makes some sense. Again, great for a fantasy novel. Yeah. Real good. Okay, here we go. Specific claims. Okay, these are these are the nitty gritty. These are the this ones. This is the nitty nitty little gritties. Please tell me this is where it gets real bonkers. Um it looks like it's gonna be real weird. So 
in volumes one, two, three, four of history, fiction, or science. That's right. Four volumes. Four volumes. At least. Fomenko and his colleagues make numerous claims. Historians and translators often assign different dates and locations to different accounts of the same historical events, creating multiple phantom copies of these events. These phantom copies are often misdated by centuries or even millennia and end up incorporated into conventional chronology. That's the central claim. Okay. The central idea is that, as we've said, I'm just repeating it so I know what, we, or know what we're talking about. There was one history that's misremembered by a lot of people and gets projected into the past as phantom copies. This chronology was largely manufactured by... Oh, now it's who did it. This chronology was largely manufactured by Joseph Justice Scaliger in Opus Novum de Impendatione Temporum, 1583, and Thesaurum Temporum, 1606, and represents a vast array of dates produced without any justification whatsoever, containing the repeating sequences of dates with shifts equal to multiples of the major Kabbalistic numbers 333 and 360. Now we're getting into Kabbalah. Don't know how that got in there. Yeah, <laughs> how'd you get the... Where did this Kabbalah come from? All right, yeah, it's getting weird. The Jesuit Dionysius Patavius... There's that guy. There's that guy again. Um, completed this chronology in Deductrina Temporum, 1627 and 1632, volumes 1 and 2, respectively. One might wonder why we should want to revise the chronology of ancient history today and base our revision on new empirical statistical methods. It would be worthwhile to remind the reader that in the, what are these, these old centuries, chronology was considered to be a subdivision of mathematics. I don't know why that's written right there, but it's <laughs> just like popped right in. Yeah, just kind of threw it in. Um, <clears throat> the... So archaeological dating, dendrochronological dating, paleographical dating, numismatic dating, carbon dating, and online dating, and other methods of dating are ancient sources and artifacts known today are erroneous, non-exact, or dependent on traditional chronology. So he's going to say it doesn't work. Or if it does work, it's dependent on a traditional chronology that isn't accurate. Right. So any anything that disproves what he's saying... Doesn't work. Doesn't work. It's, or it's is not wrong. True. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fake news. So, no single document in existence can be reliably dated earlier than the 11th century. Most ancient artifacts may find other than consensual explanation. Uh, so, yeah, he's just saying it's not real. Fake news. Fake news. It's just fake news. It's fake news. Histories of ancient Rome, Greece, and Egypt were crafted during the Renaissance by humanists and clergy, mostly on the basis of documents of their own making. So, it sounds like what he's saying is that our history... So, like... He's he's not saying the world is invented. He's saying that there is an old history. We don't know what it is. There's no record of it, right? Um, what we think of as the history of that era are medieval forgeries. Fan fiction. Fan fiction that reflect relatively contemporary events backwards through time. Gotcha. Which, I mean, maybe. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, like... <laughs> It's not really a testable hypothesis. It's, well, not not in the way it's phrased anyway. Yeah. But, uh... Except, I mean, like, carbon dating of stuff. Which is unreliable, of course. Unreliable. Because it's fake news. It is fake news. Okay, so the Old Testament represents a rendition of events of the 14th to 16th centuries AD in Europe and Byzantium, containing prophecies about future events related to the New Testament, a rendition of events of AD 1152 to 1185. So... Yeah, it's it's saying that the New Testament happened first, right? Like that, it, that it actually happened first. Happened first, and then they wrote the and Old then they Testament wrote the Old Testament to, to lead up to it. Yeah, <laughs> it happened about three hundred years. It's, prior. So it's the Star Wars prequels. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, just as good. The history of religions runs as follows: the pre-Christian period before the eleventh century and the birth of Jesus, Bacchic Christianity, eleventh and twelfth centuries before and after the life of Jesus. 
Christianity, 12th to 16th centuries, and its subsequent mutations into Orthodox Christianity, Catholicism, Judaism, and Islam. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, that's about right. Just the dates are wrong. Yeah, it's, that's, that is the timeline of the things that's, that a, that's about how it worked, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Almagest of Claudius Ptolemy, traditionally dated to around AD 150 and considered the cornerstone of classical astronomy, was compiled in the 16th and 17th centuries from astronomical data of the 6th to or the 9th to 16th centuries. Yeah, maybe. I don't know anything about Ptolemy. <laughs> um, I mean, that, I don't think that's even the good Ptolemy. I think it's Claudius Ptolemy. Ptolemy, Ptolemy. Anyway. It's fucking Jebediah Ptolemy. That's right. Um, Saul Ptolemy. Salt of the earth. Ptolemy. 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 All right. 37 complete Egyptian horoscopes found in Dendera, Esna, and other temples have unique, valid astronomical solutions with dates ranging from AD 1000 and up to as late as AD 1700. Um, uh, the vocabulary of, of Egyptian astronomical symbols, once applied to horoscopes from temples, allows for extraction of unique dates of eclipses. Astronomical data therein contained as is sufficient for unique dating. There are symbols allowing for astronomical interpretation, and the symbols do not change from one temple horoscope to another. The horoscopes from temples sufficient to contain data about eclipses visible in Egypt, allowing their exact pinpointing on the time axis. So, there you go. What? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea what that meant. I think that some of these... I think that the uh, the specific claims section is not as cool as we thought it was going to be. No. So far, it's mostly real weird. Yeah. Um, for example, though, the Book of Revelation, as we know it, contains a horoscope dated 25 September to 10 October 1486, compiled by Kabbalist Johannes Ruchlin. Obviously. Okay. Obviously. <laughs> The horoscope. Now it's about horoscopes. Yeah, I know. It's like, what is the, what is this talking about? The horoscopes found in Sumerian Babylonian tablets do not contain sufficient astronomical data. Consequently, they have solutions every thirty to fifty years on the time axis and are therefore useless for purposes of dating. Okay, so hold on. We're talking about astronomy, right? Astrology. Astrology. Sorry, we're talking yeah. about astrology. So he's saying that because astrology isn't working right, history's wrong. History is wrong. Yes, because astrology is not working right. Right. The hard science of astrology is not working right. He's also saying that all major inventions like powder and guns, paper and print occurred in Europe in the period between the 10th and 16th centuries. <laughs> okay, so, so now we're go. now we're starting to get into it. Now we're, now we're stealing inventions. Ancient Roman and Greek statues showing perfect command of the human anatomy are fakes crafted in the Renaissance when artists attained such command for the first time. I love that. I love that idea that it's like well, ancient ancient peoples could never do such a thing with, with such precision. It's not like they it's could like, see the human body. Yeah, it's not like they had anything better to do. <laughs> yeah. There is no such thing as the Tartar and Mongol invasion, followed by over two centuries of yoke and slavery, because the so-called Tartars and Mongols were the actual ancestors of the modern Russians, living in a bilingual state with Turkic spoken as freely as Russian. So, Russia and Turkey once formed parts of the same empire. This ancient Russian state, was governed by a double structure of civil and military authorities, and the hordes were actually professional armies of the tradition of Lethal conscription, the recruitment being the so-called blood tax. The Mongol invasions were punitive operations against the regions of the empire that attempted, attempted tax evasion. Tamerlane was probably a compilation of Russian and Turkic warlords. So... So, you know... You know... I like that, that specifically tax evasion. <laughs> well, got, tax evasion's a big they got, deal. They got Cabone... They started wars. Oh my god, this is this is real weird. Okay, 
Official Russian history is a blatant forgery concocted by a host of German scholars brought to Russia to legitimize the usurping Romanov dynasty. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, the Romanovs. There it is. Uh, hey, Rasputin, fix it. Uh, Moscow was founded as late as the mid-14th century. The Battle of Kulikovo took place in Moscow. Don't know what that is. The Tsar Ivan the Terrible represents a, coll- a collation of no fewer than four rulers representing two rival dynasties, the legitimate Godunov rulers and the ambitious Romanov upstarts. So I'm starting to get the impression that Fomenko is like a Jacobite. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jacobites are people that supported King James II and IV's uh, claim on the throne of England. Right, and so that's... And so they were like, he's they're the real ones, not these Hanovers. Cool, blimey. I'm a Jacobite. <laughs> is this he's the, is Catholic. This, is this where we get the really unflattering portrayals of like Richard III, etc.? Yes. Okay, so... I, I believe so, yes. Yeah, so this is just revisionist history to legitimize... And it basically sounds like what Fomenko's doing, is that yeah. he supported the Godunovs. Which is great, because like he's accusing German historians of coming over here and doing exactly what he's doing, yes. only for the Romanovs. All right, so next section is Flamenco's methods. Not getting into Skip it. Skip it. It is scientific. I mean, mathematical. It's not scientific. Yes. <laughs> um, reception. I could just say poor. <laughs> now, do we have do we have refutations? Not yet, but we do have a celebrity supporter. Oh, we got a celebrity endorsement? All right, what we got? Is it Shaq? No. Is it, uh, I'm trying to think of the other flat earthers, AJ Styles? It's not a flat earther. Okay. It's chess champion Gary Kasparov. Oh, no. <laughs> Gary Kasparov. Maybe science is bad. Maybe when you get really good at math and chess and shit, you become crazy. Maybe. It happened to Isaac Newton. It's happening to Kasparov. Yeah. So Gary Kasparov is into it. Um, well, what does he know? He got beat by a computer. I'm going to beat you, you Russian. So let's see if there's any refutations. <laughs> refutations is just the word. <laughs> it's just refutation is just no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Refutation, no, no. cool story, bro. <laughs> um, so there's some other new chronology theories. First of all, there's seven volumes in history, fiction, or science. Okay. Um, there's also a Glasgow New Chronology, which is an, a proposed revision of the Egyptian chronology of ancient Egypt, which just sounds really boring and complicated. But it's inspired by Velikovsky. A lot of it is inspired by Velikovsky. So, so he's got a lot of spinoffs. Like he, t- he took this idea that you, you could have like um, reflections of the present affect the past and how it's written, yes. basically distort time. And so, you know, it, it seems like a popular enough idea. And I will say this, the way that he well, the, the way that he has it written, it is a really cool story. Oh, it's a great story. It, it's condensing all the best parts. It's like a greatest hits album of history. Yeah. Um, and so all you're getting is just, it's all killer, no filler. It like, is. There are no boring years. Yeah. Because there's not enough time for anything to be boring. Exactly. exactly. This is great. Yeah, you're exactly right. That's why it's such an entire and, and like I said, as a fantasy story, it'd be amazing. Yeah. The idea of a mid fantasy story reveal that all of history is a fabrication, mm-hmm. a conspiracy by powerful people to put themselves in the right place and right time. Yeah, is great. You could add in in a story that there's like a, a prophecy that whoever it's ruling at a certain year will rule the world. Right. And so they just decide to make it that year. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Exactly. That's I, lo- super I love cool. it. I love it. Yeah. I think that's awesome. 
is is it what happened in our world? I'm gonna say yes. Ooh. Oh, I zagged on it. <laughs> I'm a believer. No, 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 no probably no. not. I this think is that, probably not true. I, I think that you can probably um, just about refute all of these uh, missing time, phantom yes, time yes, theories. Yes. By just just not being a big dummy, checking in on China. Just hey, checking hey, with China. China, what's going on in the West? Yeah. Is it cool? I I am a big believer in. Chinese history keeping. <laughs> if there's one thing they've been great at. Yeah. Writing stuff down. Writing stuff down. Just writing stuff down. They're really good at it. Yeah. God bless them. God bless them. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I agree. There's there's no way. I mean, it's a fascinating idea. It's got a cool name. It's got a great name. Yeah. Phantom Time and, Hypothesis. And I will say that, obviously, there are many examples of history being written by the winners consensus yes. of of the present what, what what did you say history is a fiction agreed upon fiction agreed upon and and of course that stuff happens all the time but yeah. now literally missing hundreds of if not thousands of years just taking it out that's a little harder to for me to swallow like yeah and yeah and we've just been keeping track we've you know just I mean? been keeping track you know like and I guess, it's, here's the thing, it's not impossible, like I said, to me, that something like this could happen. Right. It doesn't strike me as totally impossible, like we said, that the early Christian church might be fabricated on some level. Right. The history of it. And I, I, think, I, I think it is. Yeah, I think it probably is. Yeah. Because they took out all the mushrooms. Exactly. Um, on a small scale basis, I, I could see lop in a few years, right? Because like the early Christian church, we're talking less than 100 years probably, that'd be fabricated. Yeah. Which I think is doable, especially back then. You know, without yeah. a lot of, but also, but that's also not necessarily removing years. That's just no, no, no. Cre- that's just changing what happened. Because they're not even stating the years. Yeah, they're just saying all this stuff happened. Yeah, exactly. And it's up to historians to figure out when that fits into the timeline. Exactly. Um, which is that that point is just a legend, right? It's just a myth. Mm-hmm. Like that's what the Old Testament is. The Old Testament's not dated. It just says here's a bunch of shit that happened. Well, yeah, same with like also like Greek. Greek mythology is like the no, Trojan War. Is none of dated. that stuff is dated because it's all just like, oh yeah, then this happened, yeah. then this happened, and then sometimes these two things happened when they probably could never have happened. Yeah, if we're being consistent with our storytelling, but all oh, mythology is fan fiction. So yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you know, the Trojan War we actually were, have been able to date fairly closely now that we found it. Yeah, we found Troy, uh, which is amazing. We found Troy. We found our boy Troy just hanging out. Yeah, he was like. Where you guys been? Yeah, I'm, uh, for you. I'm buried under the sand. <laughs> I'm buried with these with this kegger. Let's party! I'm buried under nine different cities with this kegger. <laughs> What's up? Pop my collar. Let's party. My name's Troy. Pop in my collar. Let's party. My name's Troy. <laughs> all one sent. All all one sentence. No punctuation. T-shirt. Definitely. Yeah. T-shirt. 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 And it's a city with shutter shades. <laughs> <laughs> it's an ancient city with a shutter shades and a pop collar and a beer. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Pop my collar. Let's party. My name's Troy. My name's Troy. Um. So Phantom Time. I think we're giving the old. <laughs> we're two. giving it a. <laughs> Is it is it a is it a good bad theory a bad bad theory or a theory you kind of liked? Whoa, dude! <laughs> uh, I think it's a theory I kind of like. I don't have enough of a history with the Flophouse to do a good impression of any of those guys. <laughs> um, I could sing a letter song. Letters, letters. It's time for letters. No one ever writes to this show, but except oh, for Lucia. Yeah, if you did, we would read it. 
We would sing. If you want to get in touch with, let's say, let's let's move into plugs. Um, <laughs> let's stumble into plugs. You can follow the uh, All Seeing Eyes podcast at ASE Podcast at Twitter. Twitter.com. Dot com. You can follow Shaboy, uh, Kyle MacDaddy, that's me, um, on the website Twitter.com at Kyle underscore McCormick. And you can follow your boy, Shane Hosey, at S-H-A-N-E-H-O-S-E-A, at Twitter. The Hustler. The Hustler. Big Money Hustler. Yeah. You can check out uh, the other shows that we're on. I'm a host of The Hosey Hustle. That's why he's The Hustler. Yeah. And uh, I have uh, two shows, both yeah. of which are like the Hosey Hustle, not like this one on the River City Podcast Federation. <laughs> yeah, not like this one. We're, we're gonna. Um, my other shows are Reboot, Reuse, Recycle, in which me and your boy Chris Hotomy mm-hmm. uh, watch a movie and its remake, and a, with a guest. We don't watch a guest; we have a guest. Well, um, sometimes you gotta watch them. Sometimes we gotta watch them. They're tricky, and then we talk about it. And the other show is called Spec Script. In which a comedian who has never seen an episode of a famous TV show writes an episode of that show, and a cast of hilarious people reads it live. Yeah. So check out all three of these fucking podcasts on your local podcastorium. Yep. Podcastorium. Podcastorium. You can find us on iTunes. That's right. You can find all those shows on iTunes. Cool. Or SoundCloud. That's, or where, we're, that's where we're hosted. Yeah. So check us out, and um, as always, live from an undisclosed location. Uh... The battle station. My house. His house. Bye. In the middle of my... Bye. Bye.